0: Hello and good evening, everybody. You are listening to your girl, Lori G with your favorite podcast at random. I'm here with a special guest tonight who is very dear to my heart, my cousin, my wife, my love, and godmother to my children, Chanel. Shut up! Why don't you say hello, Chanel?
1: Hi everyone, Chanel here and so excited to be here tonight. Awesome.
0: And tonight we have the totally awesome Damien. What's up? And we have the wonderful, sexy, now single and ready to mingle, Meek
2: Meek. Hi guys.
0: So how's everybody doing? Oh, doing good. That's
3: good. Everything's on fire. Everything <laughs> is shut down. <laughs> Well, it's, it's a Tuesday here, so nothing new.
0: So let me tell you, let me tell you guys why my cousin is on our podcast tonight. Ooh, excuse me, I had a little bit too much to drink today.
2: That's for sure.
0: Listen, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't shit faced. It, I was just tipsy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And I slept it off like a baby.
2: I saw it. Tipsy is what the word.
0: I'm just. I was. I had a good time. I enjoyed baking some cookies. <laughs> okay, but uh, my cousin is here tonight because she is going to talk with us a little bit about her um, her business that she does. And one of the businesses that she does is a um, crisis center. And she is twenty. Help me out, cause
1: I know you're not talking about my age. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to make it look so funny.
2: the name of our crisis today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really, really cool. Like, you're 20, like 24, you have your own like business. It, you're 25 you
2: had, with our own You had it business. going.
3: You, you had it going. You had a good moment. I just forgot the age.
2: How <laughs> many of you guys can <laughs> say that? That you're 25
0: and you have a business and you're not working out in McDonald's or Starbucks?
3: Are you trying to say something here? I feel like it's a personal okay. attack. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. go ahead? It is.
0: So, she's here and she's going to tell us a little bit about her crisis center and then tonight, usually with that random, we have normal topics that we talk about. We're going to be talking about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and the fights that they've been having about Kanye West actually applying to um become president, which is absolutely not going to happen because he's a fucking idiot. And we're also going to talk about how to be safe during COVID, you know, because COVID is still going on just because you don't see it flashing and like lights like it was in the beginning doesn't mean it's not happening. So you still want to wear those masks. You still want to wash your hands. You still want to wear hand sanitizer. You still want to stay as clean as possible and, and, and you know, stay prayerful up and 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 just keep your family safe. I was going to talk about politics, but I was advised that we shouldn't talk about politics because it can get ugly. So that's going to be our free talk tonight. So, Ms. Chanel, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and what do you do?
1: Sure. Um, So the center is called Bryant Crisis Intervention Center. It is my baby Actually, it's funny you said that. I'm um, 25 with it. I've been working on it since I was, I want to say 18. So you were in labor on that. for
0: a very long time.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I know everyone thinks, oh, when you, someone comes out with a business that, um, oh, she finally made it. But no, it's, it's a long, long, tedious process. And it only gets harder once you kickstart it and actually have to start putting that love and work into it. Um there's two parts to BCIC which is what I call it. And the part that I love to dedicate myself to is our crisis hotline. We have two hotlines. One is for suicide crisis and the other is for a resource crisis. I don't know. Well, I know damien was talking about how bad it is over there in California. You guys
2: are on fire. We're um, on fire. Over here, here.
3: <laughs> it's like
2: <an> thing. <laughs> That's just terrible. <laughs> um,
1: over here it's a food shortage that we're experiencing really, really bad here. And
0: and where are you? So
1: we've been exactly. Oh we're in North Carolina on the East Coast. Hey, East
0: Coast.
1: Shout out East Coast. <clears throat> <clears throat> Coast
0: to.
1: Not to say that there's no love. Towards the West Coast. We're on fire right
3: now, but, you know, it's
1: understandable. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you, though. We still love you. Um But the premise behind the hotline is to have a resource to reach out when you need it. I know growing up, there was a ton of things that we just didn't have. And food shortage being the least. Um, we We just kind of was short of home we were short electricity we were short running water and we just kind of had to make through make it through we didn't have anyone to say hey I got you or hey what do you need or hey we're checking yeah. up on you and back then you know it's it's not it wasn't uh seemly to be able to just say what you were going through we kind of had to keep things bottled up back then so it's important to me to Provide that for someone to be able to say you can pick up the phone. I have a big just question vent, just for say you. Whatever you. Want to say. Yes.
2: What is your best piece of advice to a individual that sees there is no other way out?
0: That's a good question. My best piece
1: of advice is to talk about it.
0: But what if they don't, don't? What it out if they there? don't want to talk? What if? they are at the point where talking is no longer an option. They're just ready to just go.
1: So there's two sides to this. The first side is for the friend or family, like for someone you know who are going through it, is to be there, be present at all times, and to understand that you can't make them do anything against what they've already decided. You can't push them one way or the other. So as the support system... Be there and be present. Listening. I I know you have. No idea. I know
0: I can say uh-huh. growing up, talking about your feelings, or talking about the stuff that I'm because all of you and our listeners know I'm in therapy, and I have been diagnosed with bipolar, personality disorder, and I have chronic depression and anxiety. And. To be able not to have control of your mind and to have outbursts and stuff like that. It wasn't, some, it explains a lot of why and how I was growing up. And it comes from trauma. And growing up, we were not able to talk about our feelings in that way. Because everything was basically a spirit. Everything, it was never, you know what, You you probably actually have real mental problems. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't taken care of mm-hmm. until I got older. So what do you do when you're in a household where it's not something that's talked about and it's more like, oh, you're just acting out or it's just a spirit or something like that? Like, how do you address it so they don't end up in the situation that. that i'm in married 27 years old on a ton of medications and in therapy
1: i love that question and you know what i have found from experience from talking to so many people that no one actually wants to die what they want is the pain to stop what they want is to not feel with the feeling anymore. What they want is to not deal with the people who put pressure on them and the way out that they have figured at that time is yeah. death. So when you provide a better answer or something that can trump just end it
0: all right now. What is which really- what or- is, the better, is the better answer? Because I've come toe-to-toe and this is me bearing my my soul out. I'm being vulnerable. Um, this isn't something that I talk about light with. This is not something I talk about every day with. But I've come toe-to-toe with death more than once. Um, what what would be the right answer to help someone come off the ledge? God's blessed me with a husband who has helped me through those times, so I have never gone through with it. But it's come to points where family, children, this life was not enough to keep me. So what's yeah? So when
1: you, no one knows your mind better than you do. You know your triggers. You know what's going to set you off. What I found, because I'm honestly, I think we can all say we have our stories of being in that dark space. It's to give yourself, I call them breadcrumbs. You know, those things that just make you happy randomly. Mm -hmm. It's just those things. You're like, I love this. And I don't even know why I love this, but I love it. Drop yourself some breadcrumbs for the times, you know, or you get that feeling. Yeah, this is going to be a rough day. So go back to that breadcrumb, that random, this makes me happy for whatever reason. But I know I'm starting to get to that low. I need to reach out. Mm -hmm. As long as you keep arming yourself with these little tools, little things, you know, I love going on walks with the kids, and that's something that keeps me on a short climax or or just a short moment of I can make it through it, or I love just getting on the phone, talking to a friend, arming yourself or equipping yourself with something that you know combats your dark moments is a way for you to overcome but I'm always, always gonna say my secret weapon is a support system. You said that, you've been blessed with a wonderful husband and you have, I I can't even lie about that. Um, He's super, super supportive. I have too, as far as family, and everyone's not as lucky as I am or as blessed as we are to have someone who will bombard us with extreme support from every side saying, hey, whatever it is, I don't care how deep you are in your own head. I'm going to be right next to you. I'm going to be right here when you get out of that dark hole. Or if you can't, I'm going to sit in the dark hole with you. So for us to be able to equip us with those little protective measures or those tools to dig our own way out is, is super important. But nothing beats a solid support system. If you don't have it, you create it. If you can't create it, you reach out to... Um, I love support groups, especially like at random. I love random support groups where you have people that you find who've actually been through the same things that you've been through, who can share their stories unapologetically and be vulnerable in this space for this moment so that you understand that you are not the only one going through this. You are not the only one who feels like this. And the most unsuspected people go through the same thing that you go through. It's not to say that it's not important because everyone goes through it. It's to say that if they're making it, you can make it. It's that little bit of hope that it's you made it through your dark moment, then someone else can.
0: And that, that makes a lot of sense because speaking from experience, I honestly to be honest with you, a few I'll be I'll be open a few days ago, I had a bipolar episode and it was it was bad it was bad um i hit my husband when going through these episodes all you have is I, I some people might call it a tantrum some people call it rage but that's what you're going through you have you you have you, your mind is racing a mile a minute and you're just enraged and you don't know what to do other than to lash out how would you help somebody that goes that is that's bipolar well i ask you this what brought you back down um, it took a while because i had episode after episode what happened is i had one huge episode then i had many episodes that come after so it took a long time for me to come down because then there's anxiety. Then after the anxiety, there's the realization that you just did this. You just said this. And then after that realization sets in, you are even harder on yourself because you're like, why did I say mm-hmm. this? Why did I do this? So you are so you start beating mm-hmm. up yourself. So now you have depression that's now sinking in. And now you have,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, you start going into another downward spiral. I would have to say what I, I would have to say what calmed me down was my husband. Um he apologized and then he was like he just he just kept trying to relax me, I would say.
1: Oh, that's that's how like, again that's going right back to that strong support system. But I think what makes that really hard is the shame that comes yeah. after it. Because once you layer that shame up there, it's like you don't even, you, you start to feel like you don't deserve the support exactly. system or you don't even deserve an apology or you don't even deserve someone to come back and say, well, hey, are you okay? And that's the hole that you dig for yourself that'll keep you there for the next couple of weeks. There's nothing that's a quick fix or, hey, I'm sure there's a, a long journey of setting yourself up for success. And I um. I do little classes sometimes, and what I tell my students is to think of the long run and set yourself up for success. It is really hard to sit there and plan out your life. I'm a planner, obsessively. I call myself an obsessive compulsive planner. Um, it's what I do. I can plan months out. I've at one point planned years out, okay? But the key is to learn how to set yourself up for success you know those layers so you just told me you got to go through that anxiety phase that depression phase and ultimately that shame phase just like you have those levels those phases you need to set up levels to go upwards out of that hole okay so you know what's gonna bring you down now what's how what brings you up you spend so much time thinking of the depression or so much time thinking of the anxiety, so much time thinking of the shame of what you've done, that that's going to solidify that whole. Um, I know this quote, this quote by Lisa Nichols. I love Lisa Nichols, by the way. Awesome. I don't agree with everything, but I love her. She says, energy, energy goes where energy grows. So whatever you're putting your most energy in, that's what's going to be amplified. So if you're thinking about the bipolar or you're thinking about what you did in your episode, that's what's going to grow in your mind. And that's what creates that shame. That you dwell on everything you did when you were going through that episode. That amplifies that shame. It amplifies that action. When the same thing, that same energy you're putting in, thinking of what you've done you start putting into the levels of what you need to do to get you back on track, to get you back to that balance of making it through my day. Coasting through my day without. Okay.
2: I have another question. Um, Yes, ma'am. If someone was, maybe not at, at the point of suicidal yet, but if someone knew somebody else that was suicidal and they felt like it was their fault, what would you say? Because what I've been going through for the last couple of days, I just broke up with my ex. And Mark, I hope you're listening to this. He told me that he was going to kill himself if he wasn't with me. And if he dies, I called his mother and I told her. I was like, hey, this is what's happening. If he dies, I'm going to feel like it's my fault. But I don't know if it's for attention or what would your advice be to someone who thinks it's that, that it's their fault?
1: For someone who feels like it's or somebody not. else who um, wants who is suicidal? Who wants to kill themselves or whatever? Well, I'm gonna <laughs> be—I've actually lived through that situation a couple of times. Okay, someone who's in that state of "I'm gonna kill myself," it—it's not one incident that got them there; it's multiple. Mm-hmm. It's a buildup of things of, I just don't want to take these My ex goes, anymore. I'm going to
2: kill myself if I'm not with you. That was his exact words. That's what he said to me.
1: So there's an assessment phase. And what, what you ask is how do you have a plan? Because I'm going to be honest, you can't make someone kill themselves. They have that decision. They make the decision to do it. Or they I don't want to feel like to.
2: it's my fault can, that he did that. That's the whole point.
1: So is for you to not feel like it's your fault. You've got to realize that he has a whole lot more going on than you. You are not you can't put yourself as someone's sole catalyst because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself, yeah. right? Like you yeah, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself on anyone really. And Do you have one person in your life that's like your main catalyst that you you can't live without or do you have a a group of people? I have a group of people. It's the same way for him. So he is choosing to fixate or he is choosing to put a lot of pressure on that one thing. But if he's honest with himself, he'll start to kind of collect the different things in his life that he is upset with or just not satisfied with. And... He'll realize that it's all those things. But it's no person's fault. So for you not to feel that way, you got to realize you're not his sole purpose in life.
0: Does that answer your question, Michaela?
2: Yes, that makes me feel a lot better.
0: <laughs> Damien, do you have any questions or any stories about people who have experienced these type of uh, things? Wow. Well. It's more of a, uh, so
3: you say like you deal with, um, you meant about people finding a way out, right?
1: By whatever means necessary. hmm So. Yes. I also have a healthy means necessary. We always want healthy means, but. <laughs> no, but I like, do yeah, people mean. get desperate to
3: find a way out and they find whatever they could, right? So when it comes to like so someone that has like a drug addiction and so it has suicidal tendency as a result of it. What are your
1: advice for helping with them? Well, when it's anything to do with a substance, you are always going to need more help. So understanding the position of someone who listens. A listener is going to find little words like, I can't live without this. That's more addiction talking than suicide. So my job is to separate, to hear the suicide or to hear the addiction. If I'm hearing the suicide, my first concern is always, okay, you need to talk to me about that. Tell me about that. Have you made a plan? What are you going to use? You know, then my next step, once I've gotten you past that point of, okay, today is not a day to die, is to find help for the addiction. And that's that's a bit complicated because not everyone thinks that having their addiction is a problem. And to be honest, it's the the sad truth, but until they see that their addiction is a problem, then any help that you give in that direction won't go too far. But always offer the resources can always save a life. Know that hey, this resource is here. Hey, this is where you can go to get this. And pick up that phone because every time you have a problem and you want to talk to me, I'm going to listen.
0: You know, I've had I've had full out plans to where I knew how I was going to end it, where I was going to end it, why I was going to end it, and how long it was going to take. I've even set up my plans so that it would, all fall into the same category. And so what how, what keeps you here? What keeps you with us? Well, for right now, my my family is what keeps me and my children and my husband. But I always ask my therapist what happens when that's not enough? And she told me I have to find a reason beyond my children and my husband a reason for myself why I want to live. So when that's not enough, I have that other reason.
1: Yeah. She is absolutely right. I know um, just kind of in the spirit of self-exposure here, I was 15 when I Attempted to commit suicide. And since then, my battle was trying to keep myself from going back to that thought. Or back to that, oh God, is this bad again? No ever, and no one ever realized. It because everyone, it, it's a huge focus on those you leave behind, right? But for suicide survivors, you have to wake up every day and make a decision. I'm going to live today.
0: Exactly.
1: And I did that for three, four, five years. Literally, I had to wake up every day and say, I'm going to choose to live today. I'm going to choose to live today. I'm going to choose to live today. I have to choose to live today and build up reasons why. Exactly. But it is, it is. Once you've gone through it once and then survived, it's, it's an everyday choice. This is an everyday journey to decide. You, you, you consciously make that decision. I am
0: going to live today. Exactly. And that's. that's that's To be honest. That's what's hard with. Um, the chronic depression. Because you have to wake up every day. Telling yourself. Okay. How am I going to get through the day? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through that? Especially when you feel worthless. And you feel. Not useful. And you feel. Unproductive, unsuccessful in your life. I mean, gotta load that tool belt up. Equip yourself for every
1: feeling, every negative feeling, you can equip yourself with something that can combat
0: it. And that's what I'm learning. I'm learning to do. I'm in the process of losing weight. I'm in the process of starting a new business. And I'm trying to make myself get excited about life again and get excited about myself and get excited about the adventures that are going to come my way and help me to realize that That's I'm good. more than just I'm not who people think I was I'm not what because, I, I mean since I was six I was called since I was six a little kid I was called a whore and a slut since I was six and that made me hate my body growing up so bad that I didn't like wearing bathing suits I didn't like wearing anything skin tight anything that showed my, my 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 body it made me feel uncomfortable it took me a while to to feel comfortable in my skin I never really enjoyed my body pre baby, and Aww. that paid a lot of tribute to my depression that gave me image issues to the point where I'm not happy with myself at all. I can't even look in the mirror and be happy with myself of how I look. You know what I've
1: noticed that we all we have come so we've become comfortable with identifying ourselves by our trauma. Yes. So that every time we look at ourselves hey, you look pretty good for a girl who's been through this, this, and this. Or hey, I'm functioning pretty well for somebody who just went finished going through X, Y, and Z or just been I've been molested for half of my life. I'm doing pretty good considering or I'm doing pretty good considering that I ain't have a dime half my life and was homeless this half. You know, we can't walk around and be okay by identifying ourselves by the traumas that we had to overcome. I can't wear my traumas. I'm personally, I cannot wear my traumas like a badge. This, I, I can't do it. I need to be able to look and say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing now. That happened then, but this is what I'm doing now."
0: And that's where I want to get. I, re- I want to get to the point where I don't wear my traumas because I do. And I want to get to the point where I don't wear my traumas as a badge. I want to be able to be like, okay, that was then, and this is now, and that's where I want to get to. So, have to refuse, refuse to be known by your past trauma. So, for someone that is going through maybe a similar story as mine, or even a similar story as the ones that were told tonight, would they be able to uh, call your call center and? Um, get maybe even just prayer or anything of course of course even if it's just an ear
1: all you want is someone to know your story um i knew this woman once all she wanted was to listen to her hear her and it was a phenomenal story by the way i would love to tell it sometime but yeah you can call in for whatever reason what do you what do you need i, I don't know how you want to get the phone numbers out there but If you have a page to post them up, you're more than welcome to do so.
0: Well, at the end of the podcast, we're definitely going to have Chanel um, give out the number that you guys can call. And we we will allow you to write that number down. So if you're feeling in a dark place or anything like that in your life, then you'll be able to have someone that you can turn to who can say, I'm here for you. Yes. Uh, Chanel, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and telling us about this. Um, um, lighter note. How y'all feel about Kanye West trying to become president? Uh, what? <laughs> Kanye West trying to become president.
2: because it's a terrible idea. He's not.
3: It's, it's about as good an idea as Cardi B becoming president. It's a fucking shitty one.
2: You know what? I
0: would actually vote for Cardi B.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna vote for the person. Oh, yeah. Then again, stealing money like, and drugging people is what the politicians do best. So yeah, Cardi B will fit right in.
0: She well, she 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 has some good political views. Like, why are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. As far as I know, I've been following the Kanye West and the Kim Kardashian story. And so far, uh, Kanye, West, Kanye West decided to put on blast his wife on social media and on, on, and on national TV that she was going to have an abortion with their first child before they decided to keep it. And then he started to put his mother-in-law on blast and talk ratchet about her, talking about that he's basically in the movie. If anyone's seen it, get out. That's his life, and with the Kardashians. And
3: well, I mean, let's be honest, with you, that's pretty accurate. Have you seen the fucking other previous husbands they married? God damn, Lamar Odom, full blown depression, drug addict, and before Kardashian, he was like a healthy basketball player. Same thing with that other. Person. Well, a
0: lot of I mean, people say his mind left after his mom died. So there's no real telling if it's the Kardashians that made him go crazy or if it's, or if it's his mother, when his mother died, because. I um,
3: sure the Kardashians because, I mean, it made their brother fat and the father transgender. Come on now. Something is up <laughs> with that. I don't
0: know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying if. If anybody is out there that's going to vote, just make sure you vote for the right candidate and make sure you stay in what you believe in and vote for who you think is going to make this country good or great. I'm not going to say great because this country is pretty fucked up. Make this country somewhat yes, good. It, it is. This country is so fucked up. It's just... It's backwards. This country is well, backwards. Well, Then you say you're not
3: going to get into politics because...
0: <laughs> I'm not trying... I'm not getting the pop. I'm just saying the country is backwards. They, it's like it, it, it's backwards. You know how many countries have money for their people because they, because they're doing things correctly. Yet we can't get another stimulus check.
3: Are they doing better than us? This question. Huh? Let me ask you this: Where do you think they get their stuff from?
0: I don't know. It's gotta be from like the back.
3: What do you what do you think all the all the breakthroughs and innovations and all that stuff comes from?
0: I have no idea, dude. From here. From where? The U.S. The U.S. is broke.
3: Oh, well, yeah, because you're giving out money from everyone, and you don't even know who everyone is. <laughs> you're broke.
0: The U.S. is broke, but like I said, there are countries that are doing just fine, like Switzerland for their fucking people and
3: they never went into lockdown
0: but they're doing fine and yet we're like numbers for corona
3: no that's just new york
0: (laughs) yo you know let me tell you the holidays are coming who is excited for the holidays
3: depends on which holiday because you know they're going to be expensive for me
0: there's only three freaking holidays that's coming man
3: well, I mean, it depends. Like you are, are you talking about like the federal paid holidays where uh, it's actually recognized or can like Can
0: somebody the... please tell this man what holidays is coming
2: up?
3: I'm sorry, okay Halloween, might not...
2: Thanksgiving, Christmas.
0: Thank you.
3: And this line of work there's not such thing as holidays. It's either you work or you don't.
0: Look. This thing is holidays. Look here. Look here. <laughs> <laughs> These holidays is coming up. This only means one thing that is going to get worse along with the flu. Uh,
3: We'll save that conversation for another podcast because I have a lot of crash course info that I'm going to put on you, but we'll say that for another time.
0: Why not say it now?
3: (laughs) Have you actually looked at the numbers? Like, all right, say it's a pandemic. How many you think died? Like, actually died from the virus. Not... they had okay, the virus. How many died, how many virus.
0: died in, in Arizona? Do you know?
2: I haven't looked at the recent numbers, but...
3: No, 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 but, like, actually from the virus. Not when they actually had it on them, but that was the result from it.
2: Yeah, the death in... The death in, um, the death in Arizona... Like, not the people that had it, the number of deaths. Uh...
3: That resulted from it.
2: I don't, I don't know. know. I, th- I I forget. I don't look at
3: recent numbers. I want to say over, over ten, maybe twenty thousand plus. All right. Let me ask you this: How would you know the difference between dying from corona or dying from something else but having to have corona on you?
0: I don't know,
1: but I love that question.
0: Yeah,
3: that's that's a big that's a big mistake that a lot of people are making when it comes to counting the corona deaths. Like say you have a guy that gets so shot wait, and killed, you- right?
0: So wait, are you saying they're counting people who don't have corona?
3: Yeah.
1: No, they may very well may have corona, but if they died of a heart attack, then they didn't die of corona. If they died in a car accident and they had corona, then they didn't die from the coronavirus. They died with the so virus, saying,
0: but they died yes, so. from so the car, car accident. Somebody could die in a car accident who had corona, but
1: No,
3: okay, look, they, so corona? They,
2: uh-huh, uh, one, over 198
3: Okay. Cool. Alright, so with that number that died, what are the numbers of people dying from other causes too? Or did they stop counting?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So so wait. <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, I that
1: So once you get tested with coronavirus, it, you're like it is recorded that you have the virus. Yeah. But once you die even though you have the virus, you are capable of dying from something else, like
0: yeah. gotcha. I don't know. So say somebody had. So say somebody had corona, and they died in a car accident because they will mark it
3: as a corona death.
0: They're going to mark it as corona death because the person had corona.
3: Yep, exactly.
0: But they died of a car accident. Doesn't matter. Oh, I see what you're saying.
3: And now. Let me tell you this, and if you ever noticed that every time in a hospital, because they have a certain amount of Coronas, they get extra funding because the folks would need extra equipment. Yep. So now they have an incentive to lie about the numbers.
1: Yeah, one of my vendors told me that he had to uh, report something oh, wow. in a screen banner. Yeah, me. and I know
3: they do this because I used to work for a children's company that would lie about the number of students they had enrolled just to get more state funding. So it's not just a current thing, you know. A lot of a lot of places do the same thing. That's why the numbers are supposed to be. Yeah,
1: but you have to understand, in something like this, there's always going to be someone who takes advantage of an emergency situation. They're
0: doing it now. Yes. Especially
1: large corporations. They love to take advantage of emergency
0: all right, situations. So I, let me
3: ask you this. Why is it that in New York City, it's all hardcore lockdown, but they have it worse than you have other... They said they've never got a lockdown, but their infection rate was at the lowest.
1: Wow. Good question. Oh, wow. But even with the lockdown, because we've been going in and out for a while with no uh, what? quarantine.
3: The thing is, is that yeah. I guess they have uh, people have a misunderstanding of how viruses function. hmm Yeah, no, I took basic science didn't even deep teach you about how virus functions. And, ma- and let me tell you this, math is not going to help you completely, especially when you have people exchanging cash, exchanging credit cards, debit cards, touching door knobs. Cash, yeah. Even something as simple as picking up a coin off the ground, all of that can have viruses, so what's the point of wearing a mask? I have to walk around in a yeah. bubble suit. Good
0: point. Good point
3: well corona corona already
2: existed
1: i have noticed a lot of it a lot of the protocols is to make people feel better and hey if it makes them feel better i will respect someone who would especially going inside of buildings if you want me to wear the mask to make you feel better i will wear the mask if you feel
0: you know you know you know, they say that the mask helps and stuff like that because if you cough, it, it goes into the mask and it, it doesn't go into the air and stuff like that, which I get, you know, but. Mm-hmm.
3: But, but the they virus just, itself doesn't get caught They in just the need mask. to
0: hurry up and find a vaccine for this bitch and just put her ass down and move the fuck on. <laughs> That's how that has to go. <laughs> just put her down like a, like a dog, like the dog she is.
3: Yeah, but you can't get rid of a virus, though.
0: No, but at least we would have a, 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 what do you call it, a vaccination like we have for the flu. Yeah,
3: people still die from the flu.
0: Yeah, people still get the flu.
3: Yeah, people still die from the flu. And if you notice, they stop counting flu
1: deaths. Yeah, every year they would uh, publish an estimated flu death. It's going to be be interesting.
2: It's going
1: be be to die from corona.
3: <laughs>
0: it's gonna be interesting this year, though, to see how many die from Corona and how many die from the flu.
3: Yeah. And see if you, see if you notice the disparity in the numbers.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. that You know they're going to compare. They're definitely going to compare. But the best thing to do is to stay clean, wear your mask, stay six feet apart, I believe it is, social distance.
2: And... What's stupid is everyone's, like, making a big deal when they, when we're doing, like, now we're doing the stuff we're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to wash your hands when you come home from the store. You're supposed to wash your hands when you come home from school. You know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to, co- you know, cover your cough with your arm instead of your, hand. it's just,
0: exactly.
2: I know that this is, like, a really, like, lightly used word these days, but it's literally retarded. Because because it's common like, sense like why would you not be doing this stuff before and now you're doing it now just because of corona? You you'd be su- you be surprised how nasty people can be. You be oh, surprised okay. because you know,
0: know. You, know <laughs> you know you let your kid go to school and your kid is fine, then your kid come back all sick and, and, and dirty looking and, sh- and and all this nonsense like go to just to the other children. Now everybody wants to be cautious about kids going to school. Now everybody wants to be cautious about them, you know, uh, uh, uh restarting the semesters and stuff like that. Where was this before? It, 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 the, the human race is a stupid, retarded race, and I feel sorry for us for being humans because we're stupid. Uh,
3: how do you think the movement in black? <laughs> yeah, my favorite quote in there is saying that the individual is smart, but the people are stupid. <laughs> uh-huh. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I like, you know what, Tommy Lee Jones? You hit the nail on the head on that one.
0: Pretty much. But you guys, we have to end it here. Um, Everyone, we thank you for tuning in. Oh, to- Jane, they don't make sure seen it. What?
3: <laughs> Nothing.
0: Chanel, we thank you for joining <laughs> us tonight and telling us about your crisis center. Um, I'm going to have you uh, reiterate the name of it and have you uh, say the phone number in just a moment. Listen, if you like tonight's podcast, uh, or you feel like you were touched by it, please feel free to um, email at, at randomrl at gmail.com, um, or you can come on our Facebook page, which is At Random with Lori G. You can comment, you can ask questions, uh, you can follow my IG page, which is lorilulu14. Um, we'll have upcoming updates coming to you this week. This is going to be our upcoming podcast for the new week to come. Um, if you have any questions for the lovely Meek Meek or the totally awesome Damien, just direct it to them on our pages. Don't forget our partner podcast, which is F Mom. He is also our editor for our podcast. So give him a shout out and check out his podcast as well. Also check out the Curse Kings podcast. He's one of our partners as well. He also um, contributes to our podcast by giving us shout outs on his podcast. Chanel, I'm gonna give the mic to you. If you could please um, reiterate the name of your uh, crisis center and the phone number, that'd be great. Sure,
1: it is Bryant Crisis Intervention Center. Phone number is 252-565-0407 or 252-565-0406. You guys, please feel free to call in if you just need a listening ear. We've got you.
0: All right. You guys have a great night. Chanel, if you can uh, text me those numbers, I'll be sure to put it in um, our our, our blog when I post up um, this episode. Everybody have a great night. Be blessed. Stay safe. Wash your hands.
1: (laughs) Thank you, everyone.